Hi, this is Carl with another SMB Community Podcast, and I'm joined today by somebody I've known his entire life, my brother Manuel. How are you today? I'm good. How about yourself? Very good. So, uh, Manuel comes to us from Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, how's your weather there? I think it's like 89 and uh, sunny. So uh, uh, A little on the humid side? No, the humidity is uh, coming down now. We're getting uh, we're getting to the point where it's starting to drop, almost uh, too cold to go to the swimming pool, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, almost. Does it ever actually get too cold to go in the swimming pool in Florida? Only once you're acclimatized, it actually does. But I got to tell you, it's still when you walk in the beach in December and you get your feet wet, it's still warmer in the water than it is outside. It's just. It's just I believe that. So, <laughs> so today. Uh, I want to first let's just give people a tiny bit of your background and so for people who haven't met you before uh, who are you and uh, <laughs> other than other than it, it's some small period of your life working with me at my one of my companies um, uh, what are you doing with yourself so uh, I got what now 35 plus years in the computer electronics industry and um, my backgrounds and my, my degrees are in electrical engineering technology and automated manufacturing and I've had the pleasure of working in um, inside of manu manufacturing plants and facilities all across North America and I've worked with a lot of different companies in a lot of different uh, aspects and, and working for you if you remember uh, I, I always tell people this I work for you longer than I work for anybody ever right I never held on a job more than Two and a half years, maybe three years at the most, because I was a paid, I was a high-paid mercenary right back in the day when they were, they would hire a tech away and give them signing bonuses, which is, by the way, I think, I think we're back there again as far as if you want good quality talent. In certain industries, uh, artificial yeah. intelligence, for example, holy smokes. This yeah, but, even, but even now, people who want good somebody, a good IT person to work on their team at tier three, I'm sorry, you're going to have to pay for them. But so bounce it around, and then I went to work for you. And uh, rounded out some of the you know concepts of this thing we're going to talk about agile service delivery. But uh, after working for you and realizing you know we we did some fantastic stuff with the company, and I decided I'm going to head east and get stay where it's warm. And realized I needed to get to the next level in my career, so I went out into business coaching, and that started with a a job as a COO where I helped turn a company around. A, com a gentleman you had introduced me to, and that went. It went so well, I went, you know what, I can help other people do this. And so I went on to do that for a handful of years and then wrote a book about all the concepts and ideas and things, my, my methodology for getting people to the next level and, and wrote a book called Getting to the Next Level. And so then- Very cool. So uh, aside from getting companies to the next level, you also help CEOs and, and IT consultants individually get to the next level. You do some coaching and stuff. What are the tiers of your coaching? So I, I look at like in a sense the how to engage with manual is different levels. I'll work directly one on one with somebody who wants to get, let's say, if they say I, I, I want to fit into a CEO position, I'll work directly with somebody. If uh, an individual says I'm a sole proprietor and I want to get my business to the next level, I'll work with them. Or I'll work directly with a team uh, to help them either, you know, become a cohesive and communicate better and, and learn to collaborate and basically be a proper team. I also work with companies uh, directly at the highest levels for their business strategy, but because of my background and my expertise as in process control, I'll work with companies right directly with their frontline production, basically service delivery in an IT company. And, and so again, that kind of goes back to the team. So any level along there is, is how I engage with clients. 
And where do people get started in terms of a website that, so they have some idea who you are and what you do? Well, if they can spell my name correctly, uh, it's manualpalachuk.com. And uh, is that with two L's? <laughs> right. The conventional spelling with only one. Uh, manual and Palachuk. <laughs> manual and Palachuk. Yeah, well, two L's in, in total, yes. Yeah. I thought you meant Palachuk. Like, no. oh, I've got a, a friend whose last name is Schwartbegger, and he said, you know, before the internet, my name was horrible. And after the internet, it's awesome because anybody can find me. You get close, you're going to find me, right? So right. I think we fall into some of that. Um, okay, so that's all cool. Uh, so then up to the minute, you've now got a new program that you are just launching, and um, it's called Agile Service Delivery. So. Uh, as you have pointed out, a lot of people think of Agile and they think of program management and they think of, of programming and, you know, just-in-time delivery of code for blah, 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 right? Yeah. Pretty much uh, today, I would say most of the tools that we use online have Agile programming, whether it's QuickBooks, Adobe Acrobat, even Microsoft, you know, they're delivering us code almost every time that we log on. Uh, so what what's that got to do with service delivery? So interestingly enough, uh, and by the way, yeah, the agile the agile movement of how to deliver code has become they you know the the industry has endeared to it, and they've they're actually leveraging it. And there's a book, a pivotal book called um, the Phoenix Project, and they talk about how agile can is has been used in the in the development side, but we want to pull it to the operations side, and so. When you sit to the IT operations side, you say, well, how does that look? And in, in, in their book, they talk about it being caring about uh, work in progress and keeping it to a limit. They care about um, short cycle times to delivery of services to the customer. They talk about um, short communication gaps and, they, and, and some of these concepts that basically are easily translatable. But when I say agile service delivery, I'm thinking about taking it right where the rubber hits the road, as I say, literally hands-on you could use the same mindset and methodology that you use for delivering code for delivering this uh, managing the service delivery that that you do for your customers and it's really mostly just a a mindset of how you manage the work instead of managing the people but when we look at it and it's right it's a very complex it's a very complex concept but it's really not that hard to to visualize or see once you know once you once you get the basics of it right well, what's funny is you and I use different terminology for things, but I know that you're uh, very much in agreement with my philosophy that we work on priorities and not on schedules. That, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always tell people we work from highest to lowest priority, period. That's why I have little orange cones so that I can make sure I'm not interrupted <laughs> when, you know, I'm in the middle of something. Uh, and it's because I want every single person in my team to always be working on the single most important thing that they can be doing, which which is also why, unrelated, we don't answer the phone, right? Because what's the probability that that's going to be the highest most important thing I need to do in my company? So is Agile, like, is it 100% of that, 90% of that, 80% of that based on priorities versus scheduling? I'd say it's, in, in my opinion, it should be as close to 100% as possible. Um, what, my big statement I always make is the, that the, the PSAs and the ticketing system, these companies who actually use an agile methodology to write their code, 
give you this product and they say, this is how you should use it. And they're giving us this old mindset and methodology from way back, which is schedule everybody for everything and every ticket has to be assigned or it's going to get lost. And agile is completely the opposite. It's stop it. Do not schedule anything that you don't have to. <laughs> Do not specifically assign anything that you shouldn't because you create bottlenecks and you create and you do what I call stack dominoes, right? And we know, like if you know, uh, and, and it also relies heavily on the fact that uh, the concept of 100% utilization for a tech is absolutely wrong, right? That uh, you know, the PSA, some of them will say you've got to have your techs completely stacked so that they're 100% utilized, and it's like, no, they can be 100% utilized if you allow them to go get the work and 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 go through it as fast as they can. It doesn't have to be heaped on top of them. When you heap it on top of them. You literally say that work center, that that person, that skill set, that guy that only knows these things has this much work in front of them. And now until they get done with that, unless we're going to be interrupt driven and, and move everything and push everything back and put this in front of them, basically you have this giant queue of work, right? And so they're literally constantly under this queue. But well, if you say, I don't want to schedule anything, I'm going to do everything I can to avoid scheduling things, your team has the ability to be... not. And even though I'm going to use the term agile, it's not part of necessarily the agile thinking. They have the ability to maneuver. They have choices of we can be much more dynamic or agile, right, in how we go approach the work. And we can get things done sometimes much sooner than if we had scheduled it next Wednesday or for Friday, et cetera. It's kind of like, you know, the way I kind of like a look at it, you know, we talk about making an explainer video for this. And what I've got currently is thinking about, you know, imagine all these desks for your text and they're in a big circle. And there's the service um, dispatcher is mounding work on top of everybody's desk. So here everybody's got a pile of work and they've got to go work through that. And they can't go anywhere, do anything until they're done, right? The service dispatcher has to come over, move the pile aside and put a different pile in front of them or separate it in two and grab the one thing that's most important and put in front of them. And in Agile, the piles stay in a bunch in the desk in the middle where the service coordinator is. And, and when they say, give me one, they all like round robin are constantly grabbing work from the service coordinator. So what happens is if anybody were to say, stop time, I need you to go do something. Their work queue is one item. As soon as they're right. done, they could go. They haven't messed up the entire schedule for the entire day or even the week. Exactly. And that doesn't mean you don't schedule something. So that's why I say it's, I want it to be as close to hundred percent as possible, but you don't, if, if, it's, if you're free running and say, I'm not going to schedule anything I don't need to. And remember what we used to do, we would say, well, we do schedule it. We don't want hard schedules. First half of right. the day or second half of the day. I'll be there at nine. So at right. 9.03, I get a phone call. Where the hell is Manny? <laughs> right. Or remember, I would say, ask for a window of time. Give me a window of time when we'll come by, that you're going to be at your desk, or we can get to that resource, et cetera. And, and I, I know I think I'll – I do want to mention there's a people that are saying there's a lot of pushback of how am I going to retrain my people? How am I going to retrain my clients? And this is something that, you know, we're going to talk more about, uh, you know, offline, but for, for weeks and months until I have it figured out is that, that people go, oh, but my clients want that white glove. I'm like, okay. But as this becomes more of a commodity, just this basic computer work that we do a lot of this stuff, the more it becomes a commodity, the more the people that consume that content are going to say, look, I want it cheaper, faster, right, et cetera, and, and I'm willing to give up the white glove. Well, to be honest, so many times when people say, oh, my clients want that, they haven't talked to their clients about that at all. 
you know, it's, it's like, you know, every once in a while you say, look, my clients don't want this new technology. Well, okay, they didn't want the internet either, but <laughs> doesn't mean they haven't embraced it, right? Uh, so just because you define it as white glove to schedule these appointments doesn't mean the client cares one way or the other, right? The client wants their stuff fixed. Thursday is fine. <laughs> Right. They don't need it to be at nine o'clock in the morning or ten or one or whatever. They just need it fixed. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, as, as I always say, I pull this. I get this from um, the ITIL, Information Technology Infrastructure Library. I always talks about it's about utility and warranty, right? That's what they need. I need it. I need to do everything it needs to do to let me run my business as, as best as I can. And if it doesn't, I need you to come out and fix it. Utility and warranty. That's really what it's all about. And so like, oh, well, but, but we only want to work with Bob. Well, so there are all these reasons why, you know, imagine this slider and you say the cost of delivering it and the value the client gets and the cost of the client is high over here and it's low over here. When you move the slider and say, I want to be more agile, the cost gets cheaper, right? When you say, I'm going to have a team of people service that company, not an individual. If you get more agile, it costs them less, it costs you less. And there are all these sliders that, that at the end of the day are being driven down by the economy of this whole thing. When a client says, look, you're managing my people, I need access to help desk, but I don't need it to be so touchy-feely, you know, whatever else. Just know that the utility is there and the warranty is there and that you're on it in a timely fashion and that I don't care, right? So what's interesting to me is when you talk about utility and warranty, What's missing, at least in the small business space, is the humanity, right? That at some point, there has to be the personal touch and the, and the client management and all that. And it almost sounds like you're saying, that's taken care of by somebody else. That's not the technician's primary job. I mean, obviously, they're going to be nice to people, but that somebody's managing the, the clients separate from somebody delivering tech support. Um, in a sense, I think... Yeah, and I do. I will say I'm a big proponent of for the size of your company having what they call TAMs, technical account managers, and they're like the go-to person, the technical uh, liaison for the client's technical liaison. But in the absence of that, in the smaller company, think about that's why I, I prefer the term service coordinator. We always use that term. We never use service dispatcher, right? Because a dispatcher dispatches people to do work. A service coordinator talks with the clients and coordinates the work that needs to be done. And, and, and doles out work. So that, you know, it's kind of two different, two right. different terms and I need, there need to be because they're two different roles. So that service coordinator is, they're the go-to person. They're the one that's constantly talking to the client, similar to a service coordinator or service a dispatcher, except, you know, the, the service coordinator is there to see to it that the, the work is constantly flowing and that it's getting done as promised, you know, to meet these things. And I think that when you have like a, um, the touchy-feeliness, I still think that that's still there. I mean, at the end of the day, when you have regular employees that show up, that just comes along with it, you know? If you had a 75-tech um, call center, maybe not so much. And then at that point, you know, you also have to consider, you know, the size of the companies. It's just not expected, right, as much. Right. And, none of, and none of what I propose in Agile says any of that kind of stuff has to go away in small companies. Really, if you think about it, um, my hardest task about telling people about Agile is convincing them that this is really just a difference in how you're managing the flow of the work. 
all the tools, how they're set up, how they're configured, how you talk and interact with your clients, all of that's the same. All we're doing is saying, stop scheduling stuff all the time. Let us go and eat through the work because we can go through it faster if we're un unencumbered. Right. And, and, and that you've, you know, and that basically you do it in this with agile mindset where you don't have too much work in progress. Um, you look for bottlenecks and, you know, basically it's, it, it can be that simple basically. Is, right. So, um, when I think of Agile, I, I think of it as one of these things, there's, there's several of these Six Sigma and other things that basically, they came from really big businesses, like enterprises with literally 100,000 employees where they looked down at little businesses and they said, wow, those guys are like little bitty speedboats zipping all over the place and we're like this monster ship and we can't, we can't change directions without you know a two hour notification, right? Or more, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out how do I, how do we, the big monster corporation, do things in a more agile manner, right? Because, for example, again, software development, it used to be that companies would come out with an update once a year. And, and so there's entire teams working on all of these cool new features that all have to work together and be perfect so that November 1st or whatever the release date is, they can put out the whole new version and everybody has to move to it and it either works or it doesn't, you know. And now we're like, you know, zipping things out every six weeks or something. So, so in terms of like coming from the, the big business to the small business, how much of Agile has changed as it moves into smaller businesses? Because what we're really doing is we are making the speedboats even smaller and <laughs> even speedier uh, right so that that you know now now they're skidoos right yeah, yeah they're, they're hoverboards and they're they're, <laughs> they're hover sleds so so the probably the three most important terms that most people find together and this like you say comes from companies like Toyota and their TQM uh, total quality management systems and and the like you said employing just in time there's agile methodology or mindset there's lean and six sigma and and lean is about stopping doing anything that doesn't add value to the end product and six sigma is about continuous incremental improvement in refining the numbers to drive out the errors well what and interestingly enough there's two sides to agile which i'm trying to find a words for it to put it out there there's the agile touch and feel and esoteric that comes from um from tkom and big companies like that which is we strive to do this and there's, there's actually an agile manifesto, right? And then there's the actual agile hands-on applying agile to a thing. For example, in my book, I use agile methodology to help people develop and execute on their business strategy. We create um, small iterations of things that can get done in their company within a business quarter. We focus on it, we execute it and there we, and we release it. Now their marketing is at 2.1 or their, service delivery is at 2.2. That agile mechanism of hands-on of how we actually manage work, and then there's the mindset and this esoteric thing, and they're really kind of two different things. Toyota isn't, does not get down to this ground level with agile. They do, they implement it in their software, but on the ground level, working with machines, uh, when they think agile, they're really thinking more of this, you know, higher level thinking that anybody can interrupt the process, and we want small communications feedback loops and then me and what I'm trying to put out in agile is really the more hands-on so it's kind of like 
to me, it's like completing the puzzle that we can talk about agile and have this neat mindset, but where does the rubber hit the road? That's what I'm trying to put together is the part where the rubber hits the road. And I will also say, interestingly enough, there is place for lean and, and Six Sigma. I, I prefer the terms that are not about a trademark methodology, lean and Six Sigma. I call it continuous refinement and continuous improvement. And, the, and uh, back to what you were saying, by the way, earlier, you said made a comment about some of the things that you were doing that were along the, the you don't call them agile, but you're doing them. I always make the statement, you people are probably out there doing things that are agile that you don't really realize. <laughs> you're doing things agile in mindset, but you don't realize it. And I'm just going to show you, bring the light on and say, look, you're already doing a bunch of agile stuff. Let's link it together, do more of it and, and dear to it. And it'll, and it'll be even more, you know, so, more beautiful. So that brings up the question, because it sounds like what you just said, <laughs> let me just rephrase, is that this is not an all or nothing thing. I don't have to have 100% agile work environment. I can do agile here and then do more agile and more agile. Yeah, and in fact, even that separation of the two, the two sides of agile, the esoteric mindset, even if the company never buys into it at a big, CEO level, you could do agile service delivery and have great efficiency. Most companies out there are thinking agile and doing it, but they don't know how to, when the rubber hits the road, they've got their own process. So let's look at agile where the rubber hits the road, the actual process. It's when I teach clients, I get them started on the mindset and I say, here, we're going to do this. And I tell them, you have to have work and priorities. You have to have set, you know, all of these, which is really mostly about tuning this, this, the tool, the, the PSA, which you need to have set up anyway. And I start feeding them the mindsets. Don't schedule people, right? We don't get into limiting work in progress and, and uh, um, um, service backlogs and tuning their process for months and months. But they get a little bit of it at a time. Don't schedule people. Stop assigning everything to a check. Have a team that services a company. Don't have an individual. All of those things. Little by little, they take them on. And some companies stop and go, yeah, that's as far as we're willing to go. We're not going to get into the granularity of it. No problem. They come back to me a couple years later and go, we're ready to get more agile. What are we going to do? And I go, okay. Now you're going to start to learn to understand limiting work in progress and why it increases, it decreases your cycle time and your lead time. Or, and I have clients at different various stages. Some of them, you know, they, they, they haven't come to me for anything new in five years, right? Then... One day they call and say, okay, we got to get to the next level. What do we do? You know? Right. So when I divide up the labor, you know, and just, let's just stick inside the tech department, service delivery rather than front office or whatever. So in the service delivery department, I've got some labor that is maintenance. I'm, uh, I'm checking the board every day. I'm checking to see if there are new alerts. I'm uh, applying patches. I'm testing backups. That's, that's clearly maintenance. And then you've got, and I personally don't believe in help desks, but there are people who have help desks which are 100% interrupt driven, right? And, 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 and almost by default, they have to be agile. You know, if, 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 if you can pick up the phone and start solving people's problems within one minute, that's pretty agile. Um, and then you have scheduled maintenance. You have Stuff like, uh, you know, somebody puts in a ticket, my Outlook won't open. Okay, we're going to prioritize it. We're going to send that to somebody. And then you have project labor. So project labor seems to me to be the least open to agile service delivery. Am I wrong about that? I think so, yeah, because <laughs> we said, uh, I'm sorry, it's just that, like, 
um, think about how we would run projects. Even when we had the, the small business server book and we, had, we said, okay, this is how you go do it. How did we do it? We would, if somebody's got us, we're going to schedule somebody for a bit of time. They're going to go work on it. They're going to work to completion of a certain section or a chapter. And then they're going to go back and go join back into the deep pool of text and work tickets, highest priority, lowest priority. In a sense, that was kind of agile right there. But, but if you look at and say, because really most of your choices are that you're going to run a project in a waterfall methodology where this can't happen before, this can't happen before, this can't happen. And some of that dictates the, the flow of it. But when you think about um, a project and an individual working it, some of the things that are involved in Agile, such as limiting work in progress, they can't start too many things, right? They have to finish one thing and go to the next. So what do they do? They look at what, have I, what do I have to get done this week? And they create a sprint. And they go, these are the five things I'm going to get done on that project this week. I'm going to coordinate with people. And it can't be everything. And they can't start 10 things that won't get done for two weeks. So that Agile mindset says, create a sprint of what you're going to get done on that project this week. And then schedule the things that you need to. Do the other things that you need to. Finish it. And then next week, another sprint and another sprint and another sprint. Pretty soon the whole project's done. In a sense, we actually do do that, right? Right? We didn't. We didn't say we. We knew when the project was going to be completed. We'd work backwards, and we had certain landmark dates, which are not necessarily waterfall. They're just the reality of a project. But when we said we didn't say, "My gosh, Manny, you're going to be tied to the desk until that server is built," we said, "In this two-week period, we've got to get these things done." What did we do? We grab a guy, put him on it, say, "I need that done." Grab somebody, put him on it. I need that done. Man, that's the heart of Agile right there, right? So yeah. so we're almost out of time, shockingly yeah. enough. We've got like four minutes left. But uh, before I let you talk about your master class, I, I just super quick question. Make it, make it quick. It's in your best interest. It, do you think Agile for the average technician lowers their stress? I know it does. It, it, it lowers everybody's stress from the bottom all the way to the top. Because that's a huge piece of uh, you know the work environment today, especially in technology. All right, so you have this new thing you just announced it, and you know, um, so I want to help you promote it. So it is a master class, and is it a master class on agile service delivery, or is it a master class on something related to service delivery? It's it's on ser agile service delivery, and it gives you everything the nuts and bolts. The the first several courses are on getting and making sure your PSA and your ticketing system are set up and configured and you have all the right things in place, the statuses and the work types and the teams divided out. And, and I'll be talking about Agile for the first several courses or first several lessons, but at the end of the day, they really are there for anybody that wants to set up their PSA and get their service delivery running as a fine-tuned machine. The second half of it is a lot of the, where the Agile, we really don't talk about it as much as we implement very specific processes and methodologies that are are only only agile they're not so the this old is, and run. this is quote unquote hands-on in the sense that people are sent off go put these processes in place come back we're going to talk about it next week yeah, yeah. we actually have a three weeks and then we have an implementation week where we don't have a, a class and it's basically we meet on the other side of this Get ready to get agile because now we're going to take all of these very specific agile methodologies and take what you were using and start to swap them out and say, now you're going to stop scheduling people. Now you're going to start in, we've got flow and charts. This can be and done 
live, you know, I'm sure you've seen the video of uh, these people building an airplane while it's flying, right? So but this can be done live on a live PSA while people are getting work done and the transition doesn't kill productivity. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it, it incorporates some of my some of my old school training that I did years ago, 10 golden rules of PSA, working and tracking time. Basically, you get those things in place and all we're, all we're doing is changing the mindset and the habit. We talk to the clients, uh, communications campaign, I call it, and we just kind of do a, a, I call it uh, the, you know, the Indiana Jones, right? We're just, we're just going to, except there's no rock that's going to come rolling after. <laughs> except <laughs> the rock doesn't actually roll down the hill and kill you. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so, and uh, anyway, but yeah, it's, Anybody can do it. Uh, remember, it's it's an apply it at your own speed. If your team's not ready and you need to switch out a tech, or you need to get a client, you know, buy-in, you have to slow down. But um, I've helped companies do it in as little as 30 days when they said, "Look, what we're doing is wrong. Let's get this figured out." And we just go, "Okay, get these things in place. Get these things in place. Have a few meetings. Start an email campaign with the clients, and then we just we just move over to the new methodology. It's not as hard as people think it is." Really, um, as we had discussed, the largest part is all of the things you have to have set up so that your PSA is the working the way it's supposed to. And that needs to be in place, whether you're running old stack and run that Autotask and ConnectWise teach you or Agile. All of those things still have to be done, you know, be in place and, and in order. It's just in how we manage the actual work instead of managing the people that changes that makes you Agile. Very cool. Uh, what's the URL that people need to go to? AgileServiceDelivery.com. All right. Well, I'm going to stick that at the beginning of the video so that it'll, it'll be here through most of this. So, very cool. Any last final words? Oh, gosh, I can't think of anything other than I think it's time to get Agile. This is a wave that's coming at us, right? And I'm happy to say I'm on the forefront, and I'm through this endeavor, I'm finding people who are of the same mindset or doing things in Agile at this level. There aren't many, and I got one gentleman in Canada I, I met up with who's actually writing a Kanban board for ConnectWise. And so to me, it's, I think it's a lot of fun, and I think it's going to, it's a, a definitely a competitive advantage for anybody that moves towards this. So. Very good. Well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Well, thanks. Thanks for letting me talk about Agile.